0: Hey guys, how are you? You're listening to Liam Novell here and this is the Posh Cotney Podcast. Hospitality news brought to you by the industry titans. And welcome to the first Tuesday show. Due to popular demand, we're now doing shows every Tuesday and every Friday. A big thanks to last week's guest, Pete Warden. Thanks for coming on the show. We've had some phenomenal feedback. Before we talk about this week's guest, I'd like to thank everybody who's reached out. Since we spoke about us offering a free 30-minute consultation to any UK hospitality business, we've been inundated with requests. And our team will be in contact with you very shortly. If you'd like to reach out to us, please email cv19help at poshcotney.co.uk. that's cv19help at poshcotney.co.uk. and one of my team of specialists will be in touch very soon. Let's talk about this week's guest. So Aaron Sinkaya is a very old friend of mine and uh, you're about to hear a fantastic story about how a man goes from barman to the boss at one of the biggest nightclubs in London. Enjoy the show guys and I look forward to the feedback. And welcome back to the Posh Cotney podcast, hospitality news brought to you by the industry titans. And today's titan is a dear friend of mine, Aaron Sinkai. Aaron, how are you?
1: i'm very well mate good to uh good to be here good to hear from you as well uh yeah i'm well
0: thanks for coming on the show thank you what are thanks you doing to... right now where are you
1: uh, i'm at home obviously we're all, all on lockdown you know the city's in complete lockdown obviously we're going through difficult times at the moment but yeah doing as well as it can be we're obviously given the situation i guess
0: i've been seeing some uh comical videos on uh, instagram though, I, <laughs> I quite enjoy you're, you're cycling through london
1: yeah i've literally obviously we've been you know limited to one exercise one cycle one ride so so I used this time, I decided to do a daily cycle through London, obviously keeping my distance from people and documenting <laughs> it in a very narrative way, shall we say. Uh, yeah, which is interesting. If you'd like to check that out, you can see it on my Instagram. There's a, a highlight of
0: that. <laughs> Have you taken inspiration from uh, Bo Selector?
1: Uh, a little bit, yeah. Maybe a
0: bit of that with a mix of phone jack, shall we say. <laughs> <You know? laughs> All right, let, let's jump into why you're on the show. Obviously, it's a hospitality podcast. Tell everyone your journey so far. So you're, you're 34? Yeah, 34. So I've known you for some 12 years. I know your story, Aaron, but uh, some of the listeners won't. So why don't you tell them your journey? Okay, so where are we
1: starting from? How far are we going back here, mate?
0: <laughs> you can go back as far as you want. I met you as a club promoter. Cool. Was it Addiction PR? Was that your first name? Yeah,
1: yeah, Addiction PR. Was, we, uh, we set up, obviously, independently with a friend of mine. Back when, obviously, clubs were
0: a little bit more niche we say,
1: obviously, before it becomes as publicized as it is now, obviously this day and age at the minute, obviously not right now, obviously with everything going on at the moment but obviously prior to this there's a lot of competition you know there's a lot of other venues there's lots of things popping up a lot of people are now obviously looking for you know cheap eats going out for dinner you know clubbing not has died should we say you know obviously there's still a big market there for it but again it's you know it's fierce competition out there you
0: know so you went from club promoter and then you went to where you no actually
1: no if we go even further back so it started when I first moved to London when I was 20 Um, I started as a bartender at Cafe de Parry uh, it's an interesting story obviously now that I'm back there so I started there as a bar bartender i was there for maybe three almost touching four years it was funny going back and obviously having this conversation and saying it's obviously with you obviously as you said you know the story but a lot of the others don't you know i started there as a bartender with a good friend of mine matt who you know went on to become Great. He's obviously the director of Mahiki. Um, where, when we were there, we said it would be, you know, one one day one of us will run this venue, you know. And obviously not it was a pipe dream. It was, you know, something that I, I loved the history of the venue. From that, obviously, I left and started working for London Parties. And again, that's where I met yourself. Obviously, at that time, London Parties was dominating the you know, the club world. And if we look back now to those days and how things are now, it's yeah. a whole different kettle of fish, you know. It's how it's operated, how, you know, PRs, there's millions of different PRs and promoters out there these days, you know. But back then, he was like the driver. And force of the club world I'd say and I'm sure you'd agree with that it
0: certainly was like the breeding ground of the elite who are now in the club land or in marketing or or in hospitality so many of us have gone on to do great things and, and will continue to do great things Nick House whom and all the guys over there yeah it was a great team and um, it's a shame now that, that was sort of the end of yeah. the big internal agencies that sort of clubs trusted to, to handle everything yeah. now you've got 25 promoters in each venue that sort of have their own businesses running so
1: yeah no I agree completely. So, yeah, obviously from that, obviously that's when we, Partners Giver, was working. Obviously we did some, you know, interesting nights, shall we say, <laughs> and worked as, and worked as a very, you know, good and, you know, successful businesses. I think we did, um, we did Shoot of Album. I think we did 24. We did the launch of when um, China White reopened, which is obviously now Libertine yeah uh, well, we did cafe as well that was a, a good one i well, think um, we had we had london unlocked and especially the west end it was, yeah, you know
0: they were great memories it, actually
1: yeah good times literally you Not know saying that they you know obviously we're a lot older now obviously about the time when it was clubs in you know and the whole nightlife industry in general in london was thriving you know and i think a lot of you know the breakdown from that obviously not social media destroyed it should we say but i think it you know give everybody a bigger platform to market and obviously but you know have their own independence should we say
0: well everyone became a promoter didn't they as soon as I had a social media account and a mobile you as a promoter because you could you could network with people in a second yeah. whereas uh, the old school way how we were brought up and, and how we did it was purely on face-to-face sort of recommendations yeah. and it, it was, was like...
1: you, you had to put in a graph to obviously to yeah to, yeah, to put a, you know to fill a club and especially as well it, you know i'm sure a lot of people obviously that are listening that are you know are from this background or you know not even from the promotional side of things but from obviously the operational side Know that it's not easy to fill a club, and to fill it as well with you know good people. And obviously now, where you've got such a you know larger group of people, obviously collectively together, bringing their own crowds and stuff, it's I wouldn't say it's it's easier now, but obviously you can market yourself in a different way to how it was before. It was a lot of yeah. messaging, being in contact with people, obviously letting them know, obviously what's going on, what nights we're doing, etc., etc. You know. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. So then, hmm. so London parties. Then what? Where? Where do you yeah. next go your
1: travel? So after London parties, from there, obviously Nick House went independent obviously had Mahiki Whiskey Mist uh, Brompton Club uh, and I think from there you then obviously yourself you went on to cafe didn't you you went in house obviously. Done, yeah 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 I took, over to the the, the, I
0: took over mm. um, I was club director then for yeah, I, well eight years I was there then so that was that mm. was good
1: times yeah but yeah obviously from then I then went independent myself and that was obviously when the whole club you know scene changed completely and then I was doing individual nights I think like four or five nights a week like chopping and changing from like one club to the other I, didn't, I never wanted to be solely at one venue. Menu, obviously because when you've got you know a clientele and a base of you know database of people and groups of people that come out they you know they don't always want to go to the, the same venue so yeah it varied and yeah i did that for a while successfully did really well from it which is nice obviously a lot of good memories from there obviously it was a good time you know as young obviously living life and enjoying life in london i guess you know do you,
0: do you, do you miss those days do you miss the, sort of the i uh, of going I out you know who you're gonna meet you know we're young you know it was just mm. such a it, looking back now it was just like sheer freedom, wasn't it? You know, it just yeah.
1: I, I guess when you're not know, at that time as well, lived. You know, I was. I never wanted to settle down at a young age. You know, I always thought that. You know, it's hard enough to keep. You know, hold down a relationship. Obviously, getting a you know someone to understand the logic and obviously the, the dynamic of how you know these nights are, and obviously being around and out all the time. You're out at late hours. You're coming in early morning. You know, so they, yeah, these are you know those years were the best memories of my life. You know. And I suppose as you get older, you know, you can only party for so long, you know, and you then have to look at other dynamics of how you can use your skill set of what you've learned from, you know, filling a club and, you know, creating a great party and going into different angles, you know, which obviously, and again, that's helped me in the long run into the sense of the position I'm in now, you know. I I learned a lot from from those days. And, yeah, it's helped me further my career and go into the operational side of things where a lot of people at the time had no clue or no idea, obviously, how you know the logistical side of the business is run like the P&L, obviously stocks profit margins you know all of these you know these are things at the time i didn't even have a thought about didn't even, it didn't even factor in all of this stuff i was just you know enjoying being out getting drunk filling a club making lots of money
0: you know being around loads of women and stuff it was you know yeah you you as an expert on uh drinking the stock not managing it so, yeah, uh, yeah 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 that, yeah that change over now is <laughs> yeah no yeah
1: i can yeah i agree wholeheartedly on that you know that's one that's one thing i now factor in thinking you know, at the minute now with Perez, I'm like, I'll try and limitize them to as minimal alcohol as I possibly can, you
0: know. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so you made the change into your operation. So, where, where did you go then?
1: Well, so, yeah see. After obviously the PR side of things, I then went to uh, Juju in Chelsea, which obviously is owned by Lee Chapman as the Ash. They had some great years. I think it was open for 10 years, and I spent four years there. I started as an events and marketing manager, as well as obviously doing the operational side of things, which I learned a lot from that, understanding the licensing side of things and, you know, how the forecasts and stuff work, PL, and, you know, conditions and license clients, etc. You know, which again at the time at a younger age I had no idea at all obviously what went into actually running a successful business and you know, looking at the P and L and the numbers and stuff that go out are astronomical, you know, it's quite alarming. I think a lot of people that don't know that side of things would be kind of shocked at how much, you know, effort and stuff goes into you course, know making a successful business.
0: It's definitely the less glamorous side of the industry. People sometimes just think you open the doors and, and that's it, but there's so much work that goes on in back.
1: Yeah, no a lot of people said to me, my friends said like oh you've got the best job ever. I'm like you see the you know the fun side of things like when you know the nights are on and obviously every time i'm running off like going to do all this stuff they don't realize the extent of you know what goes into running you know running a business or running a night itself i'm like you guys yeah. all sort of home at like 2 three o'clock or so and i'm there till six in the morning obviously counting <laughs> counting you know numbers counting money counting receipts etc you know
0: and then so juju and then I, I believe you went to toy room
1: yeah yeah so just after obviously uh, you know when i was at juju i missed the the late late side. Of things obviously back obviously running club nights himself you know obviously where I said Juju was more of like a late night bar but had the sort of clubby vibe to it and then uh, the new tour room opened It moved from Swallow Street to um, Argyle Street in the new location and the, the current general manager there Terry it's a good friend of mine and just as they opened he needed he said I, I need someone I can trust to come on board of the operational side of things so yeah i Went there, was there, I was there for a short time, there for six months or so, and yeah, it was it was a good time, it was literally at the time, it was buzzing, venue was doing great, and yeah, good team there as well, really nice group of people.
0: Yeah, those guys over at Toy Room, they, they know how to put on a party, and they're, and they're certainly one of the market leaders at the moment, aren't they, well, not, not this second, as everywhere's closed, but yeah. Um, I think that was in Solo Street, wasn't they, and then they moved into the old Mabida site. Yeah,
1: which is a big site to fill, you know, but obviously with the people that are behind it, they've got, you know, they know the biggest people not even just in the industry but they know people that, that have got big pockets you know which obviously again in this industry you need you you know you rely on those big clients and those big you know those big spenders
0: So then that leads us on to where you are right now so some of the listeners won't know that Posh Company have a recruitment service and uh, the general manager role at Catheter Perry come available and you was definitely one of the first people I thought of to get you in as a, on an interview and I hope you don't mind me saying this but you stalled a little bit on the role you, we, you missed the first interview or something that happened and I thought I, I was gutted because I thought he is perfect for
1: this role. Yeah, but we'll do. Was... Yeah, well, if we roll back to those, you know, at that time. Uh, you know, I had some personal issues going on at the time and I was, I'm going to know whether to take a break from, you know, the whole industry. Uh, you know, obviously with this, it's not an easy job, you know, and obviously when you've got personal stuff going on, you're around, you know, you, you're out late, you're working long hours and stuff. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not easy, you know. It's, and a ma-
0: it's a major sacrifice on your
1: life. For yeah, sure. no, yeah, completely. And I'm sure that the people that are listening, that, you know, that work in this industry will agree with me wholeheartedly on this you know and it's you know it have a strain on you know if you've got personal stuff relationships you've got family you know i don't have any kids myself but again it, it can have an effect on obviously personal situations and stuff so i was i'm in a knowing whether to you know to take a break or to to take some time off so i did actually take some time off and i remember we met for lunch and i said like i was offered an opportunity to move abroad to go over to the states and um i was i'm, I'm thinking you know it could be the great break that i kind of need to you know, take some yeah. time off and i said it would take something great for me to stay in london it was There's a few offers that were there. And um, and I remember literally to this day, at uh, the time when it was, you, uh, we had lunch, and it had been like probably about a week or so after. And he was like, oh, "Aaron, I know obviously you said you were thinking about moving abroad, like, and you had your headset. This is what you're going to do." And he goes, "Aaron, I've got something that's going to keep you here. That sounds great." And okay. I was like, what is it? he?" Was like, "You know, I spoke to the directors. They're really excited to, to see you and to meet you." And I was like, "You know, stop, stop stalling. Tell me what. You know what? It is, what is it?" And he and he said, "It's a cafe." So I was like, "Right, I'm listening." And <laughs> I remember at the time, uh, again, my head wasn't, yeah, you know, I was still lumbing in. And stuff, and I think there was a few bits and pieces that were going on, and I couldn't make the first meeting. And after i finally, did, when I did sit down, I met with the two directors, obviously that were good friends of mine now, and you know had a chat similar to what we just spoke about previously. Obviously, what I've been up to the last few years and stuff. And they said, you know, so Cafe, what's it going to take for us to get you on board? And I went into that thinking I already knew I was going to say yes, you know, but I didn't want yeah. to obviously to let onto them that that was my answer because obviously again I reiterate back to the story when I said when I started one day I'd love to manage this venue and and that opportunity. Then came and I'd be an, an idiot or a fool to kind of turn that down so yeah I took it with both hands and uh yeah accepted the offer and yeah
0: here we are now tell me about cafe now so w- what's different I mean since I, I've not been there for a couple of years I'm hearing great things from social media aspects it looks great so what's what's new at cafe these days yeah
1: well, at the minute obviously we're on we're complete cities and lockdown you know but prior to this all happening you know we we were in a great position where we you know better in a position where we are where we've been previously you know obviously it's an old venue it's had it you know not it's had its glory day she we say it's had it's you know it's had some very very you know incredible memories and moments that it's had but during the week obviously it's a you know corporate higher, private higher venue you know and obviously taking it on board and you know taking it by obviously the horns it's you know it's gone through the motions you know there's times where it's been great times where it's got, dipped down you know obviously especially as well where you've got a lot of competition out there you know it's not a small venue it's not a, a boutiquey members venue it's not like a 300 400 capacity it's you know almost 800 capacity so to feel the venue in its own right is is very challenging should we say. And I think obviously there was a moment at the time where I took it over. It was going through a difficult part, you know, difficult times, should we say, where it wasn't as, as successful as it was previously. And obviously given my contacts and you know people that I know within the industry that knew that I was passionate about the venue and I wanted to bring it back to its glory days. You know, it was, you know, I sat down with all the PR team that were there previously and even brought in a few other new people that had worked there in the past at the times so when, you know, I was working there that you know we're currently still working in in the you know the nightclub industry. And I said to them, you you know, this is the best. Like, if you like putting any other venues down or anything, but if you look at like the glamorous side of the venue, it's like it is, you know, a phenomenal venue in its own right. And I think it's, you know, it, it's got the potential there to be something spectacular. And I wanted everybody to see the vision of the way that I wanted—not I wanted, but how I think it—you know—the venue should be. And it's about implementing, you know, that that vision within your team and the people that obviously work alongside you.
0: I mean, you're you're very lucky to work with the team over there. I mean, it's still deeply in my heart. It's, um, the team over there are fantastic. I mean, you've got probably the best events team in London I would say sort of Kaylee and, and Jess and then you've got you know the, the, some of the team that have been there have, you know are they still 20, 20 years plus it's just incredible and that just shows the loyalty yeah. of, of a, that people can have for a particular brand even when there is transition periods. yeah because um, obviously
1: again when you've got a, a team of people that have worked there for 15-20 years they know that, I'm not saying it like the glory days should we say because I don't want to say that we're not at that point now but you know if you've looked 15-20 years ago the brand was thriving you know and having those people that have been there they know how to you know? They know the standard of service that needs to be delivered. They know what's what's good and what's not.
0: It's fantastic if you're as a as a manager able to take on that constructive advice. I can imagine that your managerial skills and qualities sort of are, are perfect for that sort of uh, yeah. feedback. Again, because you know, if you, if you don't know the venue, I'm not saying that
1: someone else could come in and do a better job, should we say? But you know, if someone doesn't know the venue, doesn't know how things are run. You know, cafe in its own right is a you know it's a great listed building. It's been there for a long time. If you've got a team of people that obviously that don't respect you and they're just there as like an hourly rate you know there's just when it becomes a job then you've not got the loyalty from your staff you know if you can implement like where it's like a family thing or not even a family thing but a respectful thing you know when you've got a team of people that are there to work for you that you know that's greater
0: than anything yeah so now let's go on to obviously we've just touched on a little bit about the coronavirus but how has that affected you and, and the business well, and, and what are you what, what plans have you got to survive well
1: again with this again it's not
0: just cafe that's it's been affected by
1: this is the whole you know not even just London it's the whole nation but us as a business you know it, it's hit us massively And what hit us the hardest was obviously the private hire the corporate bookings and stuff obviously they have to lead by you know company law and stuff so but it's not as even the events were cancelled they you know they've been postponed and you know we'll go ahead with you know our normal events and stuff that we do and it's kind of everything's just kind of been put on hold but us as a business you know not even say cafe Maxwell's you know we've got nine other venues that are all doing great but you know the directors have you know put in extra work you know they've done their best to accommodate and keep all the staff happy you know nobody wants to see anybody go being struggling you know struggling for money you know a lot of our staff have families they've got kids you know and it's the hardest thing you know especially me as manager not just me as a manager but i suppose obviously people that have been within the company for a long time you know you can try and do the best and the most you can do you know but you're limited to you know what you can do for for these people you know you see them on a day-to-day basis they when this happens which is completely out of your control you know there's nothing you can do other than to you know keep the team around let them know that you know this will pass there will be it's not going to be easy but you know the business will still be there when it
0: still ends well I'm sure that the staff will, will stay as loyal as they have been over the years and, and I know you guys will come through it you've got some great people at the helm and uh, I wish you all the best so Aaron if people want to get hold of you after the show yeah
1: what's your social media uh, my social media is my name it's uh, Aaron Sinkaya it's double A-R-O-N S-I-N-K-A but Cafe De Parry is the most important one which is Cafe De Parry London on Instagram as well as on Facebook uh, we've also got our Maxwell's one which is at Maxwell's um, uh, on Instagram and on there you'll see you know the many restaurants that we've got around you know the W1 area and we've got another venue in uh, in Kensington way as well so yeah
0: amazing Aaron always a pleasure speaking to you mate
1: thank you thank you for having me it's been a yeah, pleasure obviously you know well done for yourself for setting this up through this difficult time I think it's great for other people in the hospitality industry to hear how other venues are dealing with what's been going on and I'm sure that a lot of what we've discussed you know they can simplify on and you know they can agree with a lot of what I'm saying here. thank you very
0: much uh and yes i fully agree that uh in these times that i think everyone needs to pull together and um, if people give little insights and help each other because at the end of the day without each individual site there isn't the hospitality is there because you need the full family to come together in times like this to make london as great as it yeah. is so aaron we're going to leave it there mate Perfect. and uh thank you so much again for coming no on. worries
1: thank you for having me um stay safe and i look forward to seeing you once this is all over
0: And that was Aaron Sinkaya. Aaron, thank you so much for coming on the show. Always a pleasure speaking to you. And I can't wait to bring the Posh Cotney team in to Café de Paris when this is all over. And obviously, good luck to the rest of the Maxwell's group as well. I love all the uh, restaurants in their portfolio, especially Old Compton Street Brasserie. So that wraps up this Tuesday show and join us this Friday where we have Asher Grant, the owner of Rain Club in London. That should be very fascinating to hear what they're up to at the moment. So look, let's leave it there. And please follow me on uh, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn and Twitter at Liam Norval. and check out out posh cottony as well and uh, don't forget to check out the website poshcotney.co.uk. and if you do want help from uh, our team of specialists during the coronavirus please email us now cv19help at poshcottony.co.uk guys we'll see you friday thanks very much